Erica Jane is shutting down Denise Richards and Bravo has the receipts. Kyle Richards is also talking about her split from Mauricio, her revenge body, and her workout routine. So let's get into it. You're listening to No Filter with Zach Peter, your go-to source for all the latest pop culture and reality TVT, Surf Fresh, all week long. Now, let's dive in. What's up, everybody? This is our last show of the year. This is our last show of 2023. We have reached the end of yet another year, um, heading into 2024. We have New Year's Eve this weekend. Fresh new start come New Year's Day on Monday. Um, So there will not be a new episode on Monday, um, but we will be back regular schedule come Tuesday, January 2nd, right? Tuesday, January 2nd, I think. Is that? Yeah, I believe that's correcto. Okay. Um, well, I love you guys, and I'm so grateful to have made it through another year with you. What a crazy, wild, trepidatious year. I mean, look at all the things that we did this year. Um, wow, this was, we had a lot of crazy adventures. I did, I did, uh, multiple live shows, did some shows with the Brav Bros, did lots of podcast collabs, went to Vegas for Erica's residency, went to Vegas for, uh, well, not for BravoCon because I didn't go to BravoCon, but um, I went to Vegas to collect a paycheck at BravoCon. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, we will have a members only. Yes. So sorry, I meant this is the last like podcast episode, but we will still have a members only later this afternoon that'll be uploaded on the podcast for No Filter Plus members on Apple Podcasts. So you will still get your your bonus episode of the week, but this is still our last like, you know, episode for everybody. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe we'll even do like a, a bonus bonus episode this weekend. I don't know. The night is young. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, for those of you that are just regular podcast listeners, this is this is the last of what we've got together. Um, we're going to talk about Kyle Richards. She did an exclusive interview with Us Weekly, Us Magazine. They did a they put her on the cover of their fitness issue. I didn't realize they had a fitness issue, but they're doing a fitness issue and they're talking about her revenge body and how she stays in shape and Mauricio. Um, and then Bravo just released the rest of the Erica versus Denise fight that we saw in Real Houses of Beverly Hills last week that will be seen again um, in this upcoming, uh, upcoming Wednesday because there wasn't a new episode of Salt Lake or Beverly Hills this week because of the holiday. But I believe everything's back on track Next week, we have the Southern Charm finale. We have the uh, Salt Lake City finale. We have another episode of Beverly Hills. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So, But I did watch the rest of the Denise versus Erica fight. And Denise looks like a fucking idiot. Um, okay, let's get into it. Let's talk about Kyle. So she opens up to Us Weekly. She talks about how she's basically lost about 15-ish pounds. Um, she doesn't drink at all doesn't have any intention to drink, doesn't have any plans to drink. She says that she doesn't think she'll ever drink again. She's traded in drinking with working out, which I get it. You know, right now I'm working out every day. I kind of hurt my hip um, from going a little too hard. Um, so it's been, I've been trying to to stay up with my regular routine while also trying to just take it a little easier so that I can, you know, try to recover. But Listen, I'm going hard and I'm ready for it. But Kyle says that she runs, she lifts, and she does hot yoga. Hot yoga is kind of what just helps her clear her mind. So I'm assuming it's more of like the meditative side of it. I love doing hot yoga. I haven't done it in a minute, but maybe I think I'm going to get back into hot yoga. I do Orange Theory every morning right now. I go at 6 a.m. 
which I'm enjoying. Um, I like that I have like a good routine up between like 4 and 4.30, take the dogs out, do potty time, come back, prep for the show, go to Orange Theory from 6 to 7, come back, take the dogs out for a walk, grab a coffee, come back, get ready for the show, tape the show at 8.30, um, upload the podcast, take the dogs to the dog park. Like we have a whole routine down. Um, so yeah. And I've just, I don't know, this, this was my year of like investing in me. You know, I turned 30 this year. I got LASIK. I did Invisalign. I'm, you know, working at, listen, there are lots of, of good positive changes that I've been investing in lately that I think I'm, I'm excited for what's to come in 2024 with this right mindset. Um, okay. But Kyle works out every single day. She says even on vacation, which we saw in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She says that she drinks a protein shake for breakfast, snacks uh, in between, snacks on apples with peanut butter, or she says she likes string cheese. And then for dinner, she usually has chicken or fish. Um, chicken or fish, and she likes to cook at home. This is the one part that maybe was a little concerning for me. Um, she says that she likes to cook at home so she knows what go- is going into her body. She knows like what's in the food because she's the one that's actually prepping it and cooking it, which, listen, as somebody who has had a history with eating disorders and has been in treatment for eating disorders and has been around other people that have had eating disorders, I know how sometimes when you're going through challenging things and you feel out of control in your life, because a lot of the time it's not about your weight, the way it's not about your body, but it's about the the need to have control in your life. And so when you get to a place where you're like, I don't want to eat out or I don't want to eat anywhere else because I want to make sure I know what's going into my food, that's where it's a little bit concerning for me. Um, not making any accusations. I'm not saying Kyle has an eating disorder or not. I know that there's a lot of debate over orthorexia, which is not an official eating disorder. There's anorexia, which is where you um, either skim calories where you don't eat or you always are trying to burn off your calories. So you're trying to eat as few calories and then you want to make sure you burn them off at the gym really quickly. A lot of people like overdo it on the treadmill or they work out too much, but they're very much trying to track their calories and restrict. That's what anorexia is. It's restriction. Then there's bulimia. Bulimia is the cycle of binging and purging. So people will eat and eat and eat and then purge it all up so that they don't have the calories um, or that they don't have you know the food in their system or whatever. Um, and then there's also binge eating, which is when people just eat, 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 eat. I've struggled with all of it. When I was younger, I was very much a binge eater. That was kind of my comfort as a kid was just food, food, food. And I would eat, 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 eat. Then I gained a lot of weight. I was very insecure with my body and like middle school. So then it turned into bulimia. Um, and I struggled with bulimia very, uh, very badly from, High school, all throughout college, and then in college is when I started to restrict, and that's where I kind of fell into the category of anorexia. Um, I ended up, sorry if this is triggering for anybody, but I ended up going into um, privately, secretly checking myself into a treatment center where I was clinically diagnosed with bulimia and um, sought treatment there and continued to, to work on myself and educate myself about food and nutrition and you know, really kind of work on things. And now I've definitely made my peace with um, with food, with my body, with my relationship to food and with my body. And like I said, it's always very much about the control factor, right? Um, and or also just like kind of feeling like you need an outlet. Like when I was in the cycle of bulimia, 
it was like I needed that physical release to feel because I was holding so much in and I didn't want to let it out and I didn't want to trust anybody or lean on anybody and I was just dealing with so much pain inside of me that I needed to just release it and so that physical release felt cathartic um, because you would again sorry if this is gross or triggering for anybody but it was like that physical letting go and letting out out to the point where even you kind of deplete your body because then my body was exhausted by the end of it um, and just really run down. But it was just like, oh, it just felt so depleting. Um, And then the restriction was really about like the control and trying to count every calorie and trying to make sure I can control the number on the scale. And for a long time, I had to... um, like not weigh myself. I mean, I started weighing myself again recently because I've been able to make peace with the scale and my relationship with the scale and not have it control my life or the number on a scale control my life. Whereas before, you know, I was very much like addicted to the number and it was like a very specific number that I would have to hit. And again, it's all about control. So when I'm hearing Kyle talk about, you know, being very regimented and, you know, making sure she's very particular about her food, that does, you know, scream a little cause for concern. Um, But, you know, listen, her journey is her journey. And, you know, hopefully she's doing it all for the right reasons and, you know, is staying on track. I know she's been going through a lot with the loss of her friend and now her marriage and all of that stuff. So, but orthorexia is an unofficial eating disorder, but it's basically, and it's actually pretty common here in LA. And I think I even kind of struggled with this outside of treatment with having this like need and obsession with needing to eat healthy or only having healthy foods. And you kind of become obsessive about it. And I remember I, I don't eat gluten. I don't eat dairy. I try to not really eat sugar. Um, my only vice really is like alcohol currently, but orthorexia is like where you're like, I don't include and I don't eat dairy. I don't eat sugar. I don't drink alcohol. And you're like very strict about your specific type of diet and like what you eat and what you don't eat. And sometimes that can become obsessive for, for people, but that's not necessarily a clinically uh, acknowledged eating disorder. So, I mean, Kyle could be, I don't think she's binging and purging, but she could be in like the cycle of possibly restricting for control or possibly orthorexia. Orthorexia has kind of had the medical community torn because people don't. Some people consider it real. Some people consider it not real. Um, But it could just be, you know, an unhealthy eating habit to be orthorexic. She also talks about Mauricio. And um, she says as far as Mauricio goes, she says that they go to therapy. That, you know, well, she doesn't specify whether they go to therapy together or whether they go to therapy like individually, but she says that they are going to therapy. I don't know if the therapy is helping them, but, you know, interesting. Um, They're going to therapy. She says that as far as her relationship with him goes, she doesn't really know what the future looks like. She sees them, you know at least remaining a family. They still live together. They spend the holidays together. So they're at least remaining a family. I kind of talked about this with Femterra on yesterday's episode of the podcast where I'm like, I get it. They're still a family. And if they want to remain a family and, you know, co-parent together, that's fine. But it's like in terms of your relationship, like at this point, you've been in this cycle for a year, over a year now. Like at what point do you decide, okay, I think I'm ready to just let this go. But then again, that's hard. I've never been in a 20 plus year relationship where I imagine that's not very easy to just let go. But you will still always 
have that family unit. You know, you'll still always be dad and you'll still always be mom. And, you know, even if new people come along or new relationships come along, like that may change the dynamic a little bit. It may be a little awkward, but I feel like for the most part, you know, it's time for them to to move along. But she says that she's just trying to make it as normal as possible, even though she herself admits that it's very unnormal, their situation and their dynamic, which I got. So we'll see what happens with them. Let's talk about Erica and Denise, because Erica Jane really, uh, they released the first seven minutes of next week's episode and it's been going around, little clips have been going around, but I watched the whole thing and it's basically picking up where, um, or it starts with Dorit being like, oh, so Denise, have you talked to Erica about your issues? Because Dorit obviously at that point was not just trying to stir the pot, but also like give herself a break and, and take the heat off of her. And then, um, you know, Denise and Erica kind of get back into, or it's like part two from the dinner party, the, the weed dinner that Kyle had at her house. And so Denise brings up the issue with the threesomes and, um, you know, how that that was really troublesome for her and she doesn't understand. It's weird, though, because she's like, you treated me like a Denise's thing is Erica treated her like a bitch um, four years ago or whatever. And but yet the justification or her example for how. She, Erica treated her like a bitch is by talking about threesomes at her house next to a table with her kids, which is confusing because again, if you go back to that episode, they were all talking about sex. Garcelle talks about threesomes. They were all having like an adult conversation. I get it. It's next to the kids. Right. But so Erica says, she's like, I'm sorry, Denise, but like, if I remember correctly, you were also talking about your husband's big dick. And she's just like, I not in front of them. I didn't say that there. And then Sutton comes in because Sutton has her confessional and she's just like, I was at that dinner. And she's like, Denise has some splaining to do. And they roll back the tape where it's at the dinner table. Denise is there looking like a ragamuffin, remember, and talking about Eric's big giant penis. Not only that, but it's like, I get it. You don't want to talk about it at the table right next to your kids. But also at the same time, like you're talking about it on national television where your kids' friends are likely going to see this. Like it's going to be talked about. Everybody was talking about Aaron's big dick. Remember? And then there was that photo that of him laying in bed and there was like an outline of his dick and people were like, oh my God, is that his dick? And then she had to take the photo down. So I don't understand. Also, their dad's Charlie Sheen. Remember? Tiger blood winning hookers. Like insane. Like, the whole thing to me is just cuckoo crazy because I'm just like, what is her issue? Like, she clearly went in there with an agenda because they rolled the tape. They show, well, one, Garcelle was also talking about threesomes, but, like, that wasn't an issue for Denise. And then Denise talking about Aaron's big dick. That wasn't an issue for her. Um, It's weird that she's only putting Erica in the hot seat for this. But so Erica's like, and then the next day, she's like, we went to coffee. And when we went out to coffee the next day, you brought it up and I apologized to you. And then Denise is like, I didn't bring it up. And Erica's like, yes, you did. And she's like, no, I didn't. And Erica's like, yes, you did. And she's like, no, I didn't. And then they roll back the tape. And then they show that Denise brings it up. She's like, oh, my God. So I had to have a really awkward conversation with Sammy, who's now on OnlyFans. I had to have an awkward conversation with Sammy, who overheard some things from our conversation. And Erica's like, oh, my God. She's like, oh, my God. I know I have the dirtiest mouth. And she's just like, yeah, I had to have a weird conversation with her and explain these things to her. And Erica's like, listen, I'm sorry. And Erica apologizes to her in that moment. We don't have footage of Garcelle apologizing to Denise for talking about threesomes at the table. But we do have that moment where Erica apologizes apologizes to Denise directly and on camera. And it played out on the show. 
I think if anybody needs to watch the show back, it should be Denise. But again, I don't understand how these moments are Erica treating Denise like a bitch. That's what I don't get. And so Denise is picking this fight with Erica. Um, but I mean, I guess now it makes sense, right? Sammy happened to overhear this conversation about her mom's friends having threesomes. And then Sammy ended up on OnlyFans. So here we go. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know. But also, again, like, what do you think your kids don't? Like, you are Denise Richards. You're Wild Things. You're also now on OnlyFans showing your titties and your clitty and, you're like, all these things. And it's just like, what do you... Uh, I'm confused. None of it makes sense. And this time, Denise was just drinking her tea. She wasn't slurring her way through it. And Erica's like, listen, you came in, not able to string two words together, and what? Also, it's not Erica's responsibility to, to parent Denise's kids or not parent Denise's kids. Like, it's not Erica's fault. If Denise didn't want adults having an adult conversation with kids around, then she shouldn't have had the kids around. So I don't know what she wants, but listen, she should be raising some of her OnlyFans prices. $7.99 is a deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But it's just funny because they roll back all of the footage, which counteracts everything that Denise is claiming. But it was also just interesting that that's what Denise kept saying to Erica at Kyle's house was watch the show back, watch the show back, watch the show back. And so now here we are watching the show back, reliving all these clips. And the only one that should have been watching the show back was Denise. So Denise came in. She was looking for a fight. And then it, t it takes a turn because then Denise is like, well, you Erica's like, I didn't want this fight. You wanted this fight. You came to pick this fight at Kyle's house. I didn't give it to you then. I apologize to you then. Now here you are again wanting to, to get this off your chest. So please get it off your chest. And then um, and Denise finally has an opportunity to get it off her chest. I mean, sorry, I was going to make a dirty joke, but I don't want to make sure any of Denise's, Denise's other children end up on OnlyFans. So I'm going to refrain my dirty jokes. But Denise then, um, Erica's like, you're the one that picked a fight with me. And then Denise's like, no, you're the one that wanted this fight. And Erica's like, why would I want this fight? And she's like, because you're trying to deflect from all of your stuff and all the Girardi scandal. And Erica's like, what? She's like, no, I'm not. How have I deflected from any of that? She's like, the last two years on this show has been nothing but dissecting that and questioning me about that. And I've been living it out for the past two years years so please explain to me how I'm deflecting and so she's like you needed this to get it off all the other shit in your life and Erica's like I really did not like my life is 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 doing okay like I don't need any deflection like you're the one that wanted to have this conversation you were the one that brought this up to begin with so and I don't think Erica is deflecting from it you know she's been held to the fire for for again the last three years and then Denise references, she's like, oh, like you didn't know that there was $20 million that was put into your bank account? And I'm like, are we really going there again? First of all, that is a story that is two years old, right? That was an accusation that was disproven. <laughs> like, and I've explained it a million times on this show because I've dissected it a million times. Um, and to refresh everybody, maybe if Denise is watching this, Carl, I subscribe to your OnlyFans. Loving that cooch. Um, <laughs> let me let me let me educate that that gooch gooch um 20 million dollars was not deposited into erica's account it was i believe over the course of what 12 years that tom was writing it off in their taxes 
that money that was being spent on Erica was being written off as loans from Girardi Keys to EJ Global, which was Erica's LLC as Erica Jane. So it wasn't that the money, $20 million never went into her bank account. We don't know what money ever went into her bank account because all they had, all she had was an Amex, one Amex that Tom was paying for. So as she was charging things to the Amex, glam, clothes, whatever, Tom's then taking those and writing them off as, oh, well, Girardi Keys is loaning EJ Global this money. And then at the end of the day, if they don't get their money back, then that's just a loss on their books, right? So there was never $20 million that was deposited. But that's why stupid people say stupid shit. And we had so many of those people were like, oh, the 20 million, the 20 million, the orphans and the widows, which also... Another clarification, because somebody said this the other day, they're like, oh, Denise should have made a comment about the orphans and the widows, and that would have really stuck it to Erica about all the hundreds of millions that she stole from the orphans and widows. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, if you're going to say, like, make sure you understand the details before you say stupid shit, because then you look like a fucking moron. The orphans and widows, number one, have already been paid their money. They've already received their money. And it wasn't hundreds of millions or tens of millions. It was two million. Okay, that lawsuit didn't even come in until 2020. Okay, that's when that lawsuit came in, which is when Erica was leaving Tom and filed for divorce from Tom. So since that was a newer case and that lawsuit didn't come up, that lawsuit didn't even like drop and Erica wasn't even brought up in that until what was it, December? It was after she filed for divorce. So remember Edelson then um, accused Erica of filing divorce. It was a sham divorce. Remember, that was the headline, sham divorce, and that's what brought everything to light. Um, so if this was in, all within the same year that Erica was leaving Tom, there's a really good chance that she never actually received any orphan and widow money because it was a more recent lawsuit. The accident wasn't it, what is it, 2017, 2018? I don't remember the details exactly because I'm only going off the top of my head. But... 2017, 2018, and then the lawsuit came in 2020, which was the year Erica left Tom. So please explain to me when, because multiple people benefited from this. The bookkeeper was over here buying all these properties that he then tried to liquidate and move to the Bahamas before he got arrested. So there's a good chance Erica never saw a penny of that $2 million because there was a lot of money already in the pot. It was shared. It was collective money, money from like clients, and some of it was Tom's, but not all of it was Tom's. But so it was only $2 million that the orphans and widows um, reportedly didn't receive, that they then did receive because their co-counsel, who was Jay Edelson, ended up paying them out, which, yes, it was Tom's responsibility to pay the clients, but Jay Edelson was co-counsel on the case. And so as his fiduciary responsibility was to his clients, and so therefore he paid them out. And now he's suing the trustee and trying to get the money back from the trustee what was it, a $50 million lawsuit? It was only $2 million that the orphans and widows were, widows were owed, but I believe he's suing for like $50 million. Again, don't quote me on these exact numbers. They may be off a little bit because it's been a while since I've covered any of this. But when people talk about the orphans and the widows, it's just like dumb. Or the earrings. The earrings. We're not getting into any of this shit again. I've done enough content on it. You can go watch all of that. Or you can even watch my interview with Erica because she gets into a lot of that too. And we discuss a lot of that. 
Oh, yes. Okay, this is a good point. So Joe Mendoza said it was pretty hypocritical of Crystal to say the old Erica is back during Kathy's dinner when Erica said, or what? Crystal said that that was exactly how she would have reacted. Contradict much. Crystal is a walking contradiction. Crystal just wants to do, and this is where I think Erica was right when Erica was telling Crystal um, when they were in Aspen last year, she's like, what, you're just doing this because you think it's cool to be on the side of, of, you know, these alleged victims? And Crystal was like, I don't think it's cool. But it's like, but you do, you know, (laughs) like you're you're doing so many people. It was so much virtue signaling. Nobody cared to know the details. Nobody cared to actually look into any of the accusations, because, again, anybody can make an accusation about anything. So, yeah, it was hypocritical. And Crystal is hypocritical and she just doesn't fit in with these women. You know, she just doesn't really fit on this show. And I'm just like, we need to find somebody else to replace Crystal. I've liked Crystal. I've rooted for Crystal and she just continues to disappoint. I'm hoping that she does bring a little something more, but old Erica is back. It's just, that was, you know, interesting. Um, Marigold says, can't wait for her to bring up Erica's $7 tickets for her residency at the reunion. I mean, listen, none of them have a residency, whether the tickets are $7 or $50 or whatever. Here's the thing. I purchased a table for that weekend. I did not pay $7. I paid $1,000 for four people. We had a great time. We had um, uh, we got to enjoy dinner at the House of Blues. Our package came with drinks. It was a VIP package. I went on Ticketmaster. Or was it Live Nation? I went on Live Nation. The ticket prices were there. The actual ticket prices, just because there were some discount websites that were selling standing room tickets for $7, doesn't mean that you didn't have actual ticket prices that people were paying for. $7 was a standing room ticket. You're standing by the bar. You get into the House of Blues, but you're standing by the bar. Lots of these venues do that. Lots of these comedy, uh, like the improv and all that, where so many people do their live podcast tapings, a lot of them are really just trying to fill the room with as many people as they can possibly bring in so that people are buying drinks at the bar and buying food. You know, that's why when you have a comedy show at like the Laugh Factory, there's usually a two-drink minimum. Sometimes people get comp tickets, but there's the understanding that there's a two drink minimum. That way the bar makes their money. I know how these things work. I've done numerous shows at City Winery and the Bourbon Room. And, you know, I know how these venues work. I don't get why everybody's so caught up on $7 for a standing room ticket to see a show. It's Vegas. You're going to get cheap tickets to stuff all the time. (sighs) Whatever. Either way, performing at Vegas isn't something anyone can just fucking do. Who cares if it's $7? Thank you, Britt. That's my point. All these losers that want to talk about the $7 tickets are losers that will never be on stage in Vegas. So what do you care? It's better than selling your coochie for $7 on the internet. Sorry, $9. I paid that price. Um, I saw that little cooch. Listen, and when I tell you guys, I thought Lisa Rinna had some iconic lips. And then I paid $9 on Denise Richards' OnlyFans. I was like, wow. Okay. Now I see what what Eric, what Aaron be macking on these days. <sighs> okay. Um, but yeah, she brings up the $20 million and Erica's like, yeah, that's been disproven. And the government has already proved that that's been disproven. So there you go. The fight ends because Kim's like all right, I'm going to excuse myself. And so she ends up um, excusing herself um, from the the party. And then Erica's like, yeah, I'm done with this, Denise. I don't care about having this fight with you anymore. I'm moving on. 
And um, and then Kyle, after Erica leaves, Kyle's then like, oh, well, I don't think it's cool to bring up, you know, kids. I just think kids should be off limits, blah, blah, blah. And then Garcelle's like, well, why didn't you say that to defend Denise? And Kyle's like, why should I have said that to defend Denise? She's like, nobody defended me the other night when you guys were all coming at me about my marriage. Nobody jumped in and was like, hey, this isn't cool to insinuate that maybe Mauricio cheated on me and bought me this ring. She's like, nobody. She's like, if this is the game that we're playing and it's every man for himself, then you know what? This is the game that we're playing and it's every man for himself. If you guys don't want to back me up, then I'm not going to back you up. So. It is what it is. And she's like, listen, it was for them to work out. Everyone thought that me and Sutton needed to work our stuff out and nobody defended me. And Garcelle's like, well, I didn't defend her, which she says in her confessional, not to Kyle's face. She says it in her confessional. She's like, well, I didn't defend her because I also had questions about Kyle's marriage. So, I mean, I, I get it in the sense that like, you know, Garcelle did say something in the moment because she was on Sutton's side in that moment and she did have questions about Kyle's marriage and Kyle did have an issue with Erica bringing up the kids and that's an issue that Kyle has with bringing kids into this. But you also have to understand, Denise brought her kids into this. Denise is like, you taught my kids about threesomes and Erica never made an accusation or never talked about her kids specifically, but said, you know, I made a generalized comment saying that kids have access to phones. And if they have access to phones, they have access to everything else, you know? So, I don't know. Denise brought her kids up and she accused Erica or she linked Erica to her kids. This is the hard part. It's like when housewives bring their kids into the conversation and make accusations, then it's like, what Like, what do you expect? Truly, what do you fucking expect? When Garcelle brought up her kids and how she doesn't trust her kids around the other women, she brought her kids into the conversation. When you open that up and you serve them on a platter on this table, people are going to have a reaction, you know? But Garcelle and Sutton didn't speak up when Denise kept denying that she didn't talk about Aaron's dick. That's the other thing. Again, hypocrisy because Sutton says that in her confessional, but Sutton didn't say that in that moment, you know? So that would have been a great opportunity for her to do it. Um, yeah, I think they do use Erica's the the scapegoat. Um, Joe Mendoza drops a super sticker and says, whose lips are more iconic, Rinna or Denise? Um, I mean, listen, they're both very plump. So, I mean, you know, maybe Rinna should send Denise some Rinna beauty, you know, some fresh gloss. That way when Aaron... When Aaron's ready to to give her a smooch, it's it's glossy and it's looking. Um, she stole Hillary Duff's uh, chorography. I don't know what that means. Um, how is that fun? Maybe the food and company was good, but the talent not so much. Uh, um, I don't know. I the people keep talking about Hillary Duff and. I, I, I don't know what any of that is about. Sorry. I've, I don't know. Again, I've stopped reading all like the Reddit stuff. I, I don't know what that, that's in reference to. I mean, I can look into that and see, but yeah. You're on a reality show. Your kids are not off limits. I don't, here's the thing. I will say this, Mary, uh, Mary Dudo, Duda, Dudo, Duda, Duda. Um, it's challenging because, you know, 
you don't want kids to be brought up into the conversation because it's not fair when they're younger, right? And it's not fair. Like, I don't think you should bring the young kids into it. But if your kids are an adult and they're making adult choices, that's a little different. That's like Teresa and Gia on Jersey. You know, Gia's grown. Gia inserts herself into the drama. So when that happens, then you're grown and you're inserting yourself into the drama. And I think when it comes to Sammy, Sammy's grown. Sammy's on OnlyFans, you know, you can't have this hypocrisy of being like, oh, my kids are, you know, Fabergé eggs that don't have experience. They don't know what a threesome is. When it's like, it's all out there. I mean, listen, Britney Spears had that song, Three. That was the name of the song, Three. Peter, Paul, and Mary. One, two, three. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Getting down with three. P, everybody loves. Mm. So threesome talk is out there. If I mean, what? Is it Britney Spears? Is, is it, you know... Whose fault is it if the song is playing on the radio? Who are you going to blame, Erica? Who are you going to call, Ghostbusters? Like, what what are you going to do about that? Like, your daughter is clearly, you know, aware of things, but do you like Sutton? I do like Sutton. I've said that many times, Karen. I like Sutton. Listen, every time I've ever met Sutton in person, she's always been very lovely to me, been very sweet to me. Um... And so in person, very, but so has Garcelle and Crystal. When I saw Garcelle and Crystal for the first time and I met them at Kyle's white party back in April, May, um, very lovely to me, said hello to me. Like, you know, were very kind to me. And I, listen, I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to approach them because I don't think they like me, but they were very lovely to me. So as people, my experience with them has always been great. Um, on the show, I do have opinions about the show, but listen, it's an ensemble show. There are certain, you know, fights and discussions. And so I have opinions about the characters on a reality show, but um, I do like Sutton. And when it comes to the show, Sutton brings something unique to the show. There, She's always stirring up the drama. She's quirky. She's interesting to watch. She kind of irritates me sometimes, but she's quirky and interesting to watch. So, yeah, I, I enjoy Sutton both in person and on the show, even though she does frustrate me sometimes with some of her choices because she always puts her foot in her mouth. Um, if you don't want kids brought up, don't bring them up with the ladies to beef about to beef up your storyline. Yeah, I agree. Listen, Denise went there with Erica. Denise is like, my kids, you know, Sammy overheard you talking about threesomes. And Erica's like, okay. And she's like, and that was not cool. And Erica's like, okay. Isn't she on OnlyFans? So what's the issue? Like your your daughter seems to be pretty sex positive. And after your daughter joined OnlyFans, then you joined OnlyFans. So what is what is the issue? Denise has posed for Playboy, hasn't she? She was in Wild Things. Like it's Denise fucking Richards. Like, you know, ask Brandy. Brandon knows. <laughs> yeah, when adult children are on the show, I think it's fair game. When adult children are on the show and choose to, like, participate in, you know, whatever. And, again, make adult decisions. G has inserted herself in the drama. The Manzo kids have inserted themselves into the drama. Brooks Marks has inserted himself into the drama. I don't like talking about children, but when your children are making choices that are then brought up on the show, and when Denise is talking about, you know, her kids being Fabergé eggs that don't know what sex is, I have questions. Thank you, Britt, for the super sticker. Get a Britt. Get a get a girl. Get a girl. Get a get a girl. It's so ridiculous because Charlie is the dad. 
as though Sammy doesn't know anything. Yeah, didn't Denise tell the story about how Charlie brought a hooker to Thanksgiving? Like, come on. But you're gonna be mad about mad at Erica? But again, she was mad at Erica because she said Erica was being a bitch to her. And Erica's like, four years ago, I was a bitch to you. What did I do that was so bitchy to you? Now, I know that there was conflict between, um, like, Erica would get annoyed and the other women got annoyed with Denise never wanting to confront things or face things head on on the show. Because remember, her and Aaron would always exit the scene, exit the scene. They wouldn't want to talk about things. They wouldn't want to address things. And so I know that that was frustrating for Erica and some of the other women. So she could have said that. She was like, listen, there are so many times where I try to have conversations with you guys and you guys, like, would keep pushing things and, like, you know... She could have brought that up, but she didn't. Not when she was slurring and not when she was not slurring. But listen, Denise came looking for a fight and then was mad that she lost the fight. Did Denise bring up her daughter's OnlyFans? Um, in the press, she did. Because remember, when her daughter joined OnlyFans, then Denise was like, oh, well, I'm joining OnlyFans too because I think it's great. Sex positivity, sex positivity, sex positivity. Okay, great. Be sex positive then. Um, and then when it comes to the show, Denise didn't bring up Sammy's OnlyFans. Erica brought up Sammy's OnlyFans, but only after Denise brought up, you know, her kids' level of exposure to dirty talk. And she said, you insinuated that my 14-year-olds have had threesomes. And she's like, no, I didn't insinuate that. I'm just saying kids have access to things. And if they haven't done things, they still have access to things. So, yeah. Someone got in Denise's ear, pushed her buttons, and wanted Denise to have a moment. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Didn't really. I mean, she had a moment. It was just an embarrassing one. Because all the footage, when the when the editors rolled back all the footage that was disproving everything that Denise was saying, and Denise and Erica going back and forth and being like, I'm right, no, I'm right, and I'm right, no, I'm right, no, I'm right, no, I'm right. Yeah. So, there we go. Listen. We know that at least one pair of her lips, you know, can deliver. And it's not her mouth. Erica gave fair warning before the discussion. She did. She's like, I don't want to do this with you. I don't want to do this with you. Denise came in looking for a moment. Enter Erica. Yeah, she wa Jen, I agree. She wanted her moment. Here's the thing. Then if you want a moment, like go after Dorit. Go after Kyle. Go after Sutton. Go after someone that you maybe have a fighting chance against. Erica's not the one. <laughs> I did think it was funny that in the clip, Kyle's like, um, I guess Lent is over. I guess that's done. But Crystal being like, ugh, the old Erica's back. Ugh. I'm just like, oh, God, Crystal, shut up. <sighs> if we didn't have the old Erica back, your ass would still make it fucking boring as shit. Son, and Crystal needs to bring something to the show because she's really lacking. And also, did they cut her moment? Remember in the trailer for this season? Crystal's wearing that same red dress with her hair there. And in the, the, the original trailer, Crystal says, everybody in this group always wants me to fucking yell or raise my voice, something like that, right? And interesting that we got that in the trailer. That's the same outfit Crystal was wearing. And it also is the same. It was at Crystal's house. It was in her living room at taco night. But we don't see that. And I don't know if we will get that clip because it kind of seems like taco night dies down once erica leaves and then kyle kind of gets mad at the other women a bit for um not having her back when her marriage was being questioned so i don't understand what's going on um but we'll see i know crystal and Anne marie 
definitely have it out in Spain, which will be coming up soon. So, um, We have the Southern Charm reunion that's coming up soon. Well, we have the finale that's coming up, and we now have the um, reunion looks that were just revealed, I believe, on Wednesday. They're cute. They look very, um, it kind of reminds me, the theme reminds me of like a New Year's Eve party. It's There's a lot of red. There's a lot of black. There's a lot of velvet. We have JT, who is looking very much just like JT, wearing um, all white, white button down, white pants, black belt, black loafers, and then um, a gray blazer. Cute, simple, nothing, nothing extraordinary. Um, we have Leva, and Leva looks probably my favorite. She looks incredible. She has, it looks like a black velvet dress with like um, see-through cutouts and bedazzled straps and a really high slit. Really, really nice. Like looks really regal and classy. Like this just looks like a really Charleston New Year's Eve party, and they all brought the looks. We have Olivia and Taylor both wearing red. I wonder if Teresa would call them the devil for wearing red. Um, I personally prefer Olivia's dress over Taylor's dress. Um, Olivia's wearing, it's a nice long red dress, high slit, cut out on the side. Um, Looks like we have a little bit of a shoulder pad. She looks really nice. Her hair is really simple. It's kind of just like a basic pony. Not my favorite hairstyle on her, but it's fine. Um, Taylor, I don't really love her look. There's a lot of cutouts, a lot of twists. Looks like a fabric rose. Um, I don't know. She said that it was Scarlet Letter inspired, which if you know, and anybody, if anyone knows the Scarlet Letter, the book, um, isn't it about like a whore that like has to wear a Scarlet Letter because she's a whore? I don't know. I haven't read the Scarlet Letter, letter in a long time, but I just know like they like put a letter on her so that people know she's a whore. Um, you prostitution whore! But... Don't love it. Olivia's wearing gold shoes and Taylor's wearing black shoes. And again, I just, I don't love, I think Taylor really wanted this to be like a moment. Also kind of interesting that it's similar to like Ariana who wore like her red cutout red dress. Unless that was just kind of on theme. I don't know. We have Shep. Shep looks cute. This is the most dressed up. Well, I guess he kind of always dresses up, but this is the most dressed up. We've seen all of the guys. Cause I feel like in the past they've kind of toned it down. Whereas this year they really, made sure to dress up. Shep's wearing um, like a velvet dark green suit. Very dapper. Madison looks cute. It's um, she's got like a Marilyn Monroe sequence dress. Kind of, the whole vibe reminds me of uh, Marilyn Monroe, Kim Kardashian, when she recreated the Marilyn Monroe look at the Met Gala. That's what Madison's look reminds me of. It has that like kind of beaded dress. She's got kind of a Maryland style bob going on. I don't love her shoes, though. She has these big, chunky. I don't like the platform heels. I don't get why we're bringing those back right now. I guess they work in some instances, but I don't love these. Hers, they're just these big, chunky white shoes that I feel like kind of makes the outfit a little tackier. Um, I don't know. The shoes just feel very Forever 21, where the dress could have, you know, been like a cute Zara moment, you know? And it's like, Mm, we just kind of made a little fast, fast, fast fashion cheap. Um, Vanita looks incredible. She's wearing this cute little cocktail dress. It's really short. She has these long black. Those aren't stockings. What are those? Nylons? Um, black shoes. Like it's an all black look. Very sleek. Very chic. Very, very 
giving. I love Vanita's look, um, Leva's look, and Olivia's look are my favorites. But I think I like Leva and Vanita better than I like um, Olivia. Just because I don't love, like, Olivia looks great, but her hair and her shoes just didn't really sell it for me. We have Craig, who's wearing a very basic uh, gray suit with the white shirt. Austin looks great. Austin's wearing a red velvet or like a burgundy velvet blazer. Looks very dapper. I was like, yes, that's my baby daddy. Get it, Austin. Um, So Austin came to play. And I was loving it. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Um, Yeah. White block platforms with gold shimmer is not the vibe. I agree, Mallory. Like, it just didn't go together. I hate that Austin looks so dapper. I don't hate that Brit. I love that Austin looks so dapper because I'm like, ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Now take it all off and just wear the velvet red blazer. Burgundy blazer. Austin definitely. Of all the guys, Austin looks the best. As he should. That's that's the star of the show. Yeah, not a fan of JT's look. JT's look just looks like something he would wear on a Sunday. Um, and Shep's look... I don't know, something about, like, it's not very fitted, so it's just kind of like, meh. And Craig's is just very basic. It's just a basic, you know, it's nice. He looks handsome, but Austin is, like, serving. We like that. So I'm going to say Vanita and Austin are my two favorite looks from this reunion. And then Leva and Olivia come in next. I'm here for it. Very, very, yeah, Austin the Slade. Um, opinion on Leva's show, Southern Hospitality. I haven't watched it. I haven't really cared to watch it. Um, I don't know. It just feels like another Vanderpump knockoff. And I'm, I mean, it also, from what I've seen from like the previews and the trailer, like it seems very like played up and it looks very, um, dramatic, like overly dramatic. Like they're trying to perform and I'm just not, not really here for that. So, why are Craig and Shep wearing brown shoes with black and gray suits? I don't mind the brown shoes. I think, well, actually, I think um, b- the brown shoes look great with the, uh, they look like black shoes would have just looked way too basic. I think black shoes may have worked for um, Craig's look. Because, you know, with the gray, you want to keep it really simple and really sleek. But I don't mind the brown shoes. I think it looks nice. It just adds like a, a break and it adds a little pop of color. It adds a little bit of a break. Um, I think that Austin should have absolutely worn the brown shoes with um, with the green. I think the brown, the yeah, the brown complements the green velvet look. I don't think black shoes would have. I mean, black shoes would have been fine. But I just think they would. My issue with Austin's outfit, though, is his belt. Because usually you want the belt to kind of match the shoes to an extent, right? Or at least I usually like to, to have a bit of that um, that contrast to like the solid look of the of the the outfit. I don't know, kind of what is it? Color blocking? We kind of you know do little blocks. Um, not a fan of Austin's belt. It looked a little too Christmassy for me, which I was not a fan of. But yeah, I don't mind the shoes being brown. I think the shoes being brown look great. Belt and shoes should match. Absolutely, thank you. They should absolutely match. Shep not wearing a brown belt when he wears brown shoes is terrible. Yep, I agree. Okay, so everyone's in agreement with me for sure. Brown shoes has forever been 
in place of basic black. Yeah, and I think it just, it makes the outfit pop a little bit more. I don't get, what is the issue with brown shoes? It was, I like the brown shoes. I think brown shoes, black shoes are just boring and basic. And like, if you're going for like a real classic James Bond look, sure. But if you want to add a little pizzazz, if you want to add a little oomph to the outfit, brown shoes, for sure. Um... Yeah, nobody likes Shep Spock. Good. Nobody should like Shep Spock because it's ugly. Okay, that's all I have for you guys. Um, I will be doing members only later today. So we can stay tuned for that. I'm probably going to do it a little early. I think I'm going to do like a 4 p.m. Pacific. Normally we do it at 5.30 Pacific, but this time I have to do it a little bit earlier because I have to go to um, I have dinner and then uh, a show that I'm going to tonight. So, yeah. Um, I will have a a full evening ahead of me. But thank you guys for joining me this year. What an amazing, incredible year we've had. The good, the bad, the highs, the lows. We're here. We made it. We're wrapping up another year. We're getting ready to kick off the new year strong. Happy New Year, everybody. If you're not a member, you can still become a member of the Zach Pack, which, by the way, you can get your merch now. The link is in the description below. If you want to get some merch, get some merch, get some merch. Right now, find me at Jason's shirts, Zach Pack shirts, Ruthless Not Toothless shirts, No Filter hats. You can stock up now. The link is in the description below. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Have a very happy new year. Get Liddy City. Drink some champagne. Ring in the new year, right? Count down that ball drop, all of it. Keep up with me at Just Plain Zach all over the internet. Keep up with the podcast at No Filter with Zach on Instagram and get ready. Like I said, there's no new episode this upcoming Monday because it is New Year's Day and I'm taking New Year's Day off, but we'll be back on our regular schedule Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Bonus episode that'll drop on Friday with members only live stream on Thursday night. So stay tuned. All the regular content will be back. Salt Lake City recap will be back on Wednesday night. Um, Ringer reality TV recap of Southern Charm. And Real Houses of Miami will be back. So you'll get all that regular content starting up again next week. All right, guys. I love you. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you soon. Ciao for now. Bye.